0: What's up? Wake up, wake up, ghetto children. Fam, bam. What's going on? It's your girl, Jesse Real, and welcome back for another episode of Jesse Real Podcast another sunday another podcast and here we go and here we go so today is something i've been holding off to talk about because i just feel like everybody was talking about it but now it's like you know i like to wait before you know what stuff started to simmer down a little bit to have my perspective and also with this it also ties into what's going on too with the wga and the sga strike as well i stand in solidarity with WGA and sga as a creative and an accountant as i call myself the artistic accountant I wholeheartedly believe that they deserve what they've owed and earned to be paid for because without them, we wouldn't have the things that we love. Gluttony is something that's really happening as well as it's going on in this same conversation we're going to have today. So enough of me chatting. Let's get real because it's enough affirmative retroaction and I ain't feeling it. Yurt was goody. I can't believe July is almost done. Like... Literally, come next week, it's the last Sunday in July. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. But it's Leo season. Leo season ew is Leo season. Yes, I said it. It's Leo season. And y'all know, yeah, y'all can probably hear it in my voice that I'm smiling. Yes, y'all know I love me some Leo season. One, not because it's an indication that <laughs> Virgo season is arriving, you know, because I'm a Virgo son, period. But y'all know I love Leo season because literally is my stellium, literally is a lot of what I embody. And it's just the season of the lion, and the lion is one of the greatest animals of the jungle, and it's just the ruler of all. And Leo is ruled by the sun, and baby, you know I shine. I like the sun, baby, and so I love Leo season. I love Virgo season, and I love Scorpio season. I love pretty much almost all the seasons because they have a place in my chart. Mine is Libra. Okay, that's the season I don't mesh with too well. And that's just about it. It's just really Libra season. Libra season and maybe Sagittarius, but it's mainly Libra for sure is a season I don't really rock with. October be ugh to me. Okay? It just be ugh. Like ugh. That's what this given but it's leo season so happy leo season to all my leos um we are now july 22nd we were in the pre-shadow of venus retrograde we are now in full throttle in venus retrograde until october y'all know i'm loving it even more because venus is about love venus is the planet of love um, and connections and relationships so i'm hyped because i am a leo venus Um, 12th house Leo Venus baby okay so I am hype as hell about all that's happening I have a couple other planets going on in that 12th house Leo um so it's so much that I just know is about to happen in this Leo Venus um with friendships relationships love and all that other good stuff so I'm excited, it's gonna be some major changes. And then Virgo season, it's gonna be Mercury retrograde, (laughs) which by the way, I was born in Mercury retrograde under, you know, Virgo, which happens to be happening in Virgo season. And it's gonna be my monodigit year. So like Virgo season I'm excited about too, even more. Can't wait to see my girlies, celebrate my birthday, bring it in the way I wanna bring it in. Y'all don't even I don't know i'm very very plain jane and super simple so ain't gonna be no dinners and stuff you really about to just keep it kick it coop, you know keep it real cool quaint and collected but we about to get a little ratchet but y'all never gonna see it so don't look for the instagrams to give you any type of indications okay i still am a private person and some things are just not meant to be shared on the internet i like to live in the moments but that is not why we are here today as I said before, I stand in solidarity with the WGA Strike Writers Guild of America as well as the SGA, you know, Screen Actors Guild um, because of America, because they are in 63 years. This is the first time they've been on strike at the same time. And it's in just due that it's ironic that the last time they were on strike, Ronald Reagan was the president of SAG and huh, right Ronald Reagan. And they did it because they wanted to get paid, one of their actors and writers, to get paid for monetization for TV and movies that are going to be put on, you know, on television. Now, fast forward with the times and the ages of streaming, the factors of residuals being given to actors and writers for streaming is that you have these gluttonous CEOs that are making millions. And we're talking like nine figure salaries and they're not paying their writers or their actors what they deserve. Um, giving them one large lump sum, and then that's the end of it. But they're getting paid pennies, literally pennies, for all they're doing while they're bragging about making money. And this is what we call capitalism, and this is what we call individualistic capitalism. The prime example of what America bases itself on. (laughs) Welcome to America. So I stand in solidarity. I so wholeheartedly get it when it comes to revenue recognition, when it comes to profit margins, They got enough to spare they got more than enough because y'all don't need all them non-figure figure figure digit salaries for ceos and y'all are making passive income and the real work is done by writers and actors and ai can never replace the authenticity so i will still be supporting as i feel y'all should do the same thing supporting actors and writers by watching the shows that are still streaming because this is a prime example to show the relatability that we have in connection as consumers and viewers to those who are putting themselves in their passion and their production of what they love it doesn't just affect writers and actors it's a domino effect as it affects production makeup catering grips it's a long list of people who are now trying to make ends meet put food on the table because this strike is going on so there are definitely ways to be out there supporting streaming by still doing so is one of them As well as making sure that these middle class actors get paid what they deserve. Because this is how they eat. This is how they provide for their families. And unless you're a lead, okay, or a series regular on a show. Series regulars don't even get paid as much as the leads do. But per episode is how they're getting paid. And if they're not getting what they're just doing their residuals from streaming, they deserve it. So I stand with y'all. I support, there are plenty of ways that I've seen out here from many of my favorite public figures in ways of support and standing in solidarity. Um, and I respect y'all. So thank you for all y'all do. Thank you for supporting, you know, thank you for providing us with the content we love. The last time this happened, reality TV took, at, took a true peak in sales with Flavor of Love and all the rest of them crazy ass shows. So reality TV is about to probably make its biggest mark. Um... And when it comes to restrictions, they can't promote, they can't do interviews, they're pretty much, it's like they're in the pandemic all over again, where they're literally sitting ducks sitting on their hands until all of this passes. But I feel like in, in perspective, it's it's going to work out in the best favor because these people deserve their just due. Um, so my favorite actresses and actors that are out there doing the damn thing, I I stand in, in, in complete solidarity with Novi Brown, KJ Smith. Uh, Gina Torres, Amir Van, uh, Javicia Leslie, just to name a few. These are some of my favorite public figures who have definitely been very instrumental in a lot of the shows I love and have been a part of, you know, a memory of television and at that black television. So support. Be loud about it. You don't have to be a part of these guilds to not to stand in solidarity. All it takes is you using your voice and your platform, even if you don't have a bunch of followers. Like I'm just a regular degular smuggler, but I wholeheartedly believe that there's somebody out there watching. There are people out there watching what I'm doing, and I don't know who, but somebody's gonna hear it. Just like somebody's gonna hear it on this podcast. So go out, support whatever you gotta do. Just you know, understand that it might not affect you. Personally, but there's somebody out there who has a family member who's being affected by this. And the same way you would want to have that same support for that family member, if it were you, do the same thing for others. So that's one thing. But what we're really here about is affirmative retroaction. Yes, I called it. You know, affirmative action was something that was put into place um, way back when to be able to, you know, give. Equity, equal opportunity to those people of color. So it's retroaction because it's retroactive because they have now reversed the aspect of it being done when it comes to schools as Harvard and these top prestigious PWIs, which is one of the main reasons my black essay never went to one um, as much as I wanted to because it was forced in my perspective being in a predominantly white upbringing that that's what I wanted to do but it's just like why why am I going to make myself palatable and you know soluble for somebody who really doesn't value me and I'm just a number for them to say hey we have diversity and equity I'm the same way in my corporate world too when it comes to jobs you're not going to use me as a motherfucking token when I know I deserve to be here so That's something that I've had. I've told y'all before where I've had run-ins where I've been fired from jobs because I speak the fuck up. And I'm not your puppet. And I'm never going to be a fucking puppet. We can clearly see from this podcast I'm nobody's fucking puppet. And I'm never going to just sit here and say yes, no, okay, no problem. Nah, fuck that shit. It's not how we rolling out over here. These And and over here we're going to just be real. And I'm going to be real with you. But in a professional manner. But I'm nobody's fucking token. Like I've even told y'all with my old ex-best friend I don't fuck with her because I'm not your fucking token, girl. Like your blonde hair, blue eyed ass, I'm not your fucking token. And we going to cut this shit real short Ain't spoke to the bitch in about two years. And we're going to keep it that way because you're not, I'm not your flex. And this is exactly what's going on here. So let them tell it. Um, you have people who are such as against saying that it's against the 14th amendment. Um, And it's passed by Senate on June 8th of 1866 and ratified two years later on July 9th of 1868. The 14th Amendment grants a citizenship to all persons born or naturalized in the United States, including formerly enslaved people and people all citizens with equal protection under the laws extending the provisions of pretty much in layman's terms. 14th Amendment made it so that everybody has a voice. Everybody has visibility. Everybody has access to the same privilege, outlets, and resources that pretty much the, the caucus always had access to. It was giving those people of color, pretty much us that are black, brown, or minority, Asian, whatever. Those who are not the predominantly, the predominance of this freaking weird ass country, access to the availabilities that we were actually earned to be a part of, that nepotism may have given others. That's Pretty much what the fuck it's saying. So it's saying that it's going against it because it's not making it an equal race. Well, let's fucking talk about it. When has it ever been equal? You know what I'm saying? Everybody always screams equality, equality, equality. But do y'all understand equality just means that everybody is given just enough to be able to see over, you know, everybody's just given enough to be able to just see over. Like, for instance, I've seen the best image to date equality let's say you have three different pillars so you have uh, whites you have African Americans and then you have the others and I'm and I'm dissecting for the record I'm dissecting it into these three quadrants because a black experience of America's oppression far by differs from the others of people of color so people of color, which is like the Hispanics, uh, Latina descent, the Asians, the Indigenous. There's a different type of oppression that happens to them that is not that is happening to Black folks, and it is what it is. It's just, it's just that's what it is. So equality. What I've seen is that you have a white standing on a box where the box might be four blocks. Then you have the Black standing on one block. But they're still able to stand on it to see over. And then you have the other standing on two blocks, but they might be able to see. So no matter what the situation is, everybody has the ability to see. I think it's like a horse race in the stadium. Everybody has the same ability to see. It might not be on the same level, but everybody has the vision to be able to see over the border of what's going on. Equity, the same place is you have the whites here on a five-point pillar. But and that's what they are. And then you have the blacks over here on a five point pillar and you have the others on a five point pillar. That's equity. All space are equal. All things are parallel. Everybody has the same access, same. Nobody's treated the other. That's equity. So I want to make that real clear on the difference between equality and equity. So I can understand exactly what it means and why I use the word equity over equality in certain situations, because equal just means you have access to see. And be able to have visibility as equity means everybody's on the same playing field. So they're saying this what goes against with it. So pretty much they're going against the equity saying that it's not fair that people of color are given a privilege of affirmative action to have access to resources that they've earned. But not realizing that those five blocks that are helping them see oh, the three blocks that you're giving for them to at least just see over are not even equating to the five blocks that the whites have because it's automatically given. You feel what I'm saying? So you're, they're saying that we shouldn't have that access. They're going to take it back. So everybody should have equity. But we know in reality, the equity is not the same because there's not much nepotism that's given in people of color. How, how often are people of color at Harvard where they're in positions where they have dorms and shit where their name's on it for you to be able to just get in because off your name as opposed to you having to bust your ass to get there. So I think it's full of bullshit. And it's ironic to me that the person that went against this shit is the same person who got in to Harvard Off Affirmative Action, Clarence Thomas. Ever since Amanda Sales said it, I haven't stopped saying it. Clarence Thomas. Um, and he's like, oh, he got in because of his merit of who he was, not because of his color. Nigga, Please. Please. If you want to do Loving versus the United States Supreme Court, his ass would have fucking been done because that was put into prayer where there was no interracial marriages. And I'm pretty sure he's married to a white woman. So you're telling me from the time of Loving versus U.S. that you think affirmative action was something that was put into place to help your black ass be able to have Harvard or get a Harvard degree and you will say so if you're married? You such a motherfucking coon, Clarence. Your affirmative action is what got you there. Your merit didn't, even though you were qualified, affirmative action is what allowed you to walk through the fucking door. Because I've seen the declination letters of people who applied to Harvard before affirmative action had the credentials and weren't admitted in because of their skin color. So you're not gonna sit here and fucking tell me That you ain't get in off affirmative action and say that it's it's not merited. It's not merited and lawful to you because it no longer benefits you. You don't give a fuck about what happens to others. And this is what I say with gluttony and how it intertwines with the WGA and the SAG. Because when you get where motherfuckers get where they got to go and their system works for them they don't give a fuck about who's behind them. This is why I say lifting as we climb is so fucking important. Because even when I say my podcast gets picked up or whatever I do, and I made this clear to all my friends and the people that really fuck with me and been day fucking ones who have no problem bragging and just showing love, when I make it to that next step, I'm putting y'all niggas on. If there's an opportunity I see and I'm gonna share it with you, if I know that's a part of your expertise, your craft and your passion, I'm gonna put you on. Why am I gonna gatekeep and Because I made it to where I got to go because I'm about now about to block my blessings by not blessing you with the opportunity at a table that I'm now sitting at where I can make either room for you at this table or I created a table where there's enough seats for us to all sit the fuck down. Are you shitting me? But that's clearance. You already had your Harvard degree. You're in Supreme Court justice. You taking these billion dollars, you taking these vacations from billionaires and shit and, you know, taking bribes and all this other shit. So you don't give a fuck because you made it where you wanted to go. The system worked in your favor as far as it wanted to work. But now when there's others trying to climb up, other blacks who are deserving of this privilege, you say, oh no, let's cut this shit short. The fucking audacity of your raggedy ass. I just, and this is why I say HBCUs are important. Historically, black colleges and universities. Because I was determined to be in a space where I was seen, where I was heard, and where I was appreciated. Where my blackness wasn't a badge of honor, but a badge of pride. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I was proud to be black because there's a lot of other educated black kids here with me. Achieving their goals to have higher learning and higher education in a space that's meant for us by us. You can't get that shit at no PWI. i don't give a fuck what nobody said. This PWI HBCU debate, this is now a prime example of exactly what the fuck we mean when we say PWIs will never compare to a HBCU. Same even goes in Greek life. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. A PWI experience could never hold to an HBCU experience because a fucking divine nine was found on the HBCU campus. Point blank to the fuck period. Are you with your mama? My experience at Dell State coming into Delta ain't the same as somebody else who went to a PWI coming into Delta. It never will be because you're now being an outlier where eyes are on you because you're doing a black black excellence on a campus where it was never really accepted as me having black excellence in a campus who values the fact that I'm over here displaying my public service to what I can contribute to my culture. So Dell State in, impacted me on levels because... One, it being in a state that was a part of the secession that didn't want to let go of the enslaved and still having HBCU 10 years before 1901, as I stated before, being recognized for that shit is boss, boss moves. Two, one of my founders used to be a professor because she's from Wilmington, Delaware, um, was a professor at Delaware State when it was Delaware State College. So that's one of my founding 22 members. So that's another fucking reason why I wanted to go to Dell State. And again, like I said, I never wanted to feel like I was being tolerated. Um, Was never an option for me when I had the choice to have higher education. Like I said, at one point I was like, I want to go to Emory. I want to go to Duke. I want to go to... um, I don't even remember. See, this is the reason why I don't remember half the fucking school. Oh, Columbia. I don't want to go to none I was looking at these schools because they were prestigious and well recognized. And I used to always be told I won't say the teacher because I don't even fucking remember, but it was a point in time when I was in AP classes. Because again, I told y'all I, I graduated high school with a Regents, Advanced Regents diploma because I was taking college courses, where a professor said to me, um These are the schools you want to go to? No, it was my guidance counselor who was a black woman at that. Janet King guess I'm putting her fucking ass out there I have much love for the woman but she tried to derail me and it was my administrator Jacqueline Luke shout out to Miss Luke even though she was a hard ass but now that I'm older I appreciate her stern structure and discipline because it, it means now more that I'm grown where she was like oh all you have here are HBCUs are you sure Jessica this is where you want to go and I'm like, why? She was like, because when you go to HBCUs, it's not that prominent that you're going to be hired for a job if you go to an HBCU. Bitch, come again, what? You're telling me if I go to HBCU, nobody's going to really want to hire me? Well, let me tell you something, Miss Janet King. <laughs> I was hired right after college, went as a business major in accounting, have been in accounting for the last uh, 11 years, proudly in my profession using my degrees I did go to a PWI for my master's but that's because it was cheaper and cheaper than my HBCU for my higher education but the point is that Dell State degree bachelor's of science in accounting and finance got me through many motherfucking doors And guess what? It even got me through doors for corporate Fortune 500 companies just as JP Morgan because my manager was a HBCU alum of Morgan State University, which happens to be the arch rivals of Delaware State. So kiss my ass because baby, I made it. (laughs) But I'm pumped. There we go. So that right there is a prime example that because there are other doors that are knocked down and kicked, we HBCU alums Look out for each other. So I love everybody who I love and adore has went to an HBCU. Everybody who I highly respect. And I'm not saying I don't respect people who went to PWIs. That's your business. But my love runs real deep for those who went to HBCUs and just went to a space to know, like, I know my value. I know my worth. And I want to be a part of the culture. As opposed to a lot of these motherfuckers who are like, oh, I wish I would have went to HBCU. Or who were trying to show, you know, black this, black that, black this. And all this Afrocentrism, but nigga, you didn't experience it because you chose to go to a PWI when you had the opportunity to go to an HBCU. So what was the reason? Don't try to come fuck with us now. Go somewhere. But you can advocate. But advocate in the right way and make sure y'all know y'all history for y'all niggas who didn't go to HBCUs and know what the fuck you're talking about before y'all talk about it. And make sure y'all get insight. Because ain't nobody got time for that. Thank you. And this is coming from a fellow HBCU alum. Um, in in that being said, Juneteenth not really being free for those enslaved was like the reason why I went to Dell State. Um, and like I said, it took ten years prior before the abolishment of slavery was based in Dover in the Capitol. I always like y'all know I like pushing the envelope um per, you know, <laughs> respectfully in a good way, um, and to shift change. So Having the qualifications, but the color is the barrier opposed to legacy over logic. So I So what I'm saying with that is minorities are qualified to go to Harvard and all these prestigious universities. And they're taking a back affirmative action because they know they're qualified. But they need to have, still have some type of invisible barrier. They need to sometimes have some type of segregation to say that you're not on my level. You don't deserve to really be here. Let me let you know how much the privilege is to have access and to be in my presence and this is what i say opposed to legacy over logic your legacy about your family going here your fourth generation harvard and the logic is you have the qualification you don't have the qualifications because you were literally getting drunk all through college barely with a 2.5 gpa but you're in there because your family donates millions to this fucking institution and there's somebody who might be from west Bubblefuck, Alabama who has a 4.0 gpa nonstop AP courses literally excelling themselves and has always been above the repertoire of the normal median and you're telling me that they don't you want to put a barrier when that motherfucker actually deserves to go and fucking little Jimmy doesn't (laughs) the audacity so again like I said with Clarence Thomas his supreme court appointment as supreme court justice is off affirmative action as well okay Thurgood Marshall was the only other black man on the Supreme Court, to my knowledge. Y'all can check me because I'm not quite sure, so they'll don't quote me on this, before Clarence Thomas. And Clarence Thomas, just like um, Justice Katanji Brown, which happens to be my soror, he had affirmative action as well to get into Harvard. So for you to sit here and try to negate it like it's something minute is beyond me. Once again, this is a prime example of human rights are demoralized when black lives are involved. As soon as black lives want to be involved in the in the conversation of equity, now, now it's a problem. Now human rights are being violated. Now there's no equity. Now there's no equal opportunity. But it's never been equal for us. And we always have to work four times harder just to get that one, like I said, with the whole equality where they have five boxes, we have three. It takes us probably 10 more boxes just to equal their five. Because there's a lot more stepping stones and building blocks to be put up just equal to the five major big boxes that are already set in lump sums and platforms for them. I was listening to Crystal Hazlett, shout out to her and her podcast, Keep It Positive, Sweetie. And she was talking about, you know, navigating through anxiety. And I think her therapist, um, you know, Ms. Zimmerman was saying like, a difference is where a lot of black women have anxiety where it's a fight or flight because we don't know the difference if we're trying to run from a saber tooth tiger or if we're in the midst of having a panic attack. The body reacts the same way because it's in fight or flight. It doesn't know the difference, even though you know the difference, but you your, your nervous system doesn't. So we were raised and came from enslavement where the black man was separated from their families, where the woman had to raise the families. It was a situation where, you know, the black man can be killed where they're making other families and being used. So we were taught to make sure you have your own. Don't depend on a man, which is something that is automatically, like I say, transgenerational toxicity that's been instilled in us because of being enslaved. So also in the mindset, when it comes to, you know, losing it all for black women, we work 10 times harder to make sure we're secure and stable in a lot of what we're doing. Because we know we're not really fully seen in our whole entirety and we know how easy they could be taken from us because we used to watch our husbands be taken and our families and our children be sold off where we were used at somebody's best advantage. So when Billy has a, a wedding, he has the security of his family having the finances behind him to do it as opposed to, if, you know, Swanisha has a wedding. She got to take out loans and debt because normally, you know, the situation is... um. She doesn't have that financial equity to be able to put herself forward without thinking about the debt. So she's grinding, grinding, grinding. Prime example, my little cousin's getting married next year and she's working two jobs, a full-time, part-time and going to school, as well as her fiance's working full-time. She's pretty much paying for her own wedding because she doesn't have the financial means because she didn't come for financial means to make sure all is covered. You know what I'm saying? So the father brought the, the bride is supposed to pay for the wedding. Her dad's not in that position to do as such. You see what I'm saying? So she's making sure as if she were coming from a place of, excuse me, chair generational wealth where it's just like if she was, you know, Jillian. Jillian has her, her dad who had a whole trust fund and everything from generational wealth from maybe some stuff that her great-grandfather had back where he owned a bank where there's thousands of dollars. That's why if y'all see a lot of homeowners white kids are able to get homes easier because one they have the ability where it's like you have closing costs oh parents will pay that oh you need a match for five percent oh we got that no problem for you where it's harder for black folks we have to save and scrape to get what we want to show that we have some proof or form of physicality that we we matter and I think that set with me wholeheartedly and I was like damn this is real but it's a fact and it's something we're growing out of, like slowly but surely. But now that we're mindful of knowing how this works, we're able to try to make the changes and shifts. And this is why I say this is the thermal retroactive because it's not, it's only taking us back to where we came from. Um, and the funny thing about this, while all of this is going on with this affirmative retroaction, legacy they're not being affected by this overturn. There's still gonna be nepotism. So let's include the nepotism. Involves in this conversation of the 14th Amendment being violated. Because little do y'all know, that violates the 14th Amendment too. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about that one. Even when there aren't qualities, nepotism will always win when you have to be elite to eat. Nepotism always wins. You have to be elite to eat. Y'all know what I mean when I say that. If you're elite enough, you got enough money to sit at the table with some steak and potatoes, you going to eat. Regardless, you're going to be good. But for like I said before, for the other of us who have to go slaughter the cow, pick the potatoes, it's a little different. And even when you qualify, your ethnicity has no truancy. I mean, we're slowly creeping back to Jim Crow, slowly but surely. They already took the rights of Roe v. Overturn Roe v. Wade, something that has a right for black for women to make the decisions on their body, Now y'all talking about affirmative retroaction and imagine all of the people that after this was put into place, a lot of black executives and people that were in major positions in a lot of companies were fired. Hello? Are y'all paying attention? Are y'all too focused on the bullshit where they're trying to use the propaganda to try to sway you from paying attention to what the fuck really going on? I'm trying to understand why Clarence Thomas hasn't been disbarred yet, but I think it's because he has too many, uh, Caucasoids in his back pocket, like Andy Milonakis, where it's like, we got you as long as you got us, where he's their fucking puppet. And little does he know he's being enslaved. It's just with money. And there's that. Um, again, I I just, it's, 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 it's not making sense to me. Um, and and knowing me, it probably never will. I, I'm, I'm just a person who I like to use my voice when it comes to situations where it's valued and something where it's worth me, me screaming from the mountaintops. And I'm not going to shut up about it. Never have, never will. I've always been vocal and outspoken. And I stand tall on everything I say. So make sure y'all tap in. Get real. Pay attention and wake the fuck up. Like I said, support WGA and the SAG strike and pay attention to what the fuck the world got going on because the world as we know it is changing. And right now, not for the better, but maybe it's time to revolutionize and really come together. I don't know. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. See you when I see ya.